Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Percival, Virginia. My name is Ben Franks and I'm here with Pastor Charles Biggs. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Our question today has to do with uh, the new sermon series um, that you're going to be starting um, Mm -hmm. on the prayers of the Apostle Paul. And this is a very special series uh, in part because it's it's your final kind of closing series uh, as the the senior pastor here at Catoctin. And um, so as we prepare for that series, as you prepare for that series, uh, could you help us understand uh, why we should make a practice of of praying through the Bible as you walk us through these prayers of the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul and, and prayers that you have used over the years uh, as mm-hmm. the pastor of this church to pray for this church. Uh, why should we make a practice of praying through the Bible? And and then what practical guidance would you give to someone who struggles to know what that looks like or, or where to begin in praying through the Bible for themselves? Sure, sure. Oh, that's a Wonderful, wonderful, great questions. Well, you know, we know that the Bible is God's word. We we should understand that what we have in ink and paper today uh, through these wonderful translations like the ESV, which we use, but also the King James, other uh, helpful translations, uh, we know we have the very word of God. We know it's God-breathed scripture. And so it's truth that transforms by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we want to expect the word of God uh, to have that an effect on us. People, sinners, really can change. And the primary way or means through which God changes us is by his powerful spirit working through his word, working through simple ink and paper. And what we do through uh, reading the words of God, we want to take the men to meditate on them, uh, to thoughtfully uh, reflect on them, to allow them to change our thinking, to capture our imaginations, uh, to uh, draw our hearts to the throne of grace, to find Christ uh, in these words, to uh, answer that prayer, that high priestly prayer of Jesus, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent, to know him uh, not just theologically or intellectually, but to know him experientially. And I think that's a very important reasons why we uh, want to pray God's word is just because it is God's word and the spirit is pleased to transform us through it. Our Lord Jesus told us in John 14 that whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Well, of course, when Jesus teaches us that he will answer anything that we pray, uh, this uh, is based. He's he's teaching us that that he won't answer anything that's that's contrary to God's word or anything that's dangerous or or would be harmful to us. But he will answer according to God's word. And so it gives us great, I think, hope great confidence when we're using God's breathed transformative word to also pray. And it and it builds up our hope and desires and expectations that God will indeed do above and beyond what we ask or imagine. I think uh, I've, I've uh, written in the past on how to obtain a certain experiential joy by the spirit through the word in three steps. And uh, one is a consideration it's to ref- reflect thoughtfully on the truth you're reading. So if you're reading a psalm, um, if you're reading a letter of Paul, 
if you're reading a portion of Ecclesiastes, of wisdom literature, like Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, if you're uh, reading a historical narrative, that you're reflecting thoughtfully on the truths, that you even may take certain passages and memorize and meditate on them. So say you're reading the Exodus, uh, the crossing of the Great Sea there in Exodus 14. You may highlight Exodus 14, 14, that the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. And you may reflect and thought, how is the Lord fight for us throughout Scripture? How did the Lord fight through the cross? How does the Lord fight for me today? How am I to stand firm in the whole armor of God, knowing that it is uh, in him that I stand and, and draw my strength. I, he will fight for me. He will fight for me. If God be for me, who can be against me? All that kind of reflecting thoughtfully and memorizing and meditating on the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. That's the first thing, a consideration of the word. The second is a soliloquy uh, that you say to yourself. We think of soliloquy as uh, often uh, that which uh, a character in a Shakespeare play uh, may uh, speak aloud to himself. Uh, oftentimes in cinema and movies, uh, it's the exposition of what's going on in the mind of the person or in a book, I think, of Faulkner. There's a lot of soliloquies going on so that we can get the inner person uh, of the character. But a soliloquy is simply just speaking aloud the truths to our souls until our faith is strengthened. It's it's saying that, whom am I in heaven but you? And what on earth do I desire but you? My heart and my flesh may fail me, but the Lord is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It is uh, saying with the psalmist in Psalm 42 and 43, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in God. Those are soliloquies. They're, they're speaking aloud those truths that you've considered, or to put it as Exodus 14, 14, the Lord fights for me. Why would I be afraid? The Lord fights for me. Uh, what? Who could stand against me? The Lord fights for me. He fights harder, even at my most zealous. He fights harder for me and more precisely and um, more victoriously. So a soliloquy, you speak these truths aloud and aloud is important so that you're not only saying the words, but you're hearing the words and you're hearing your whole mouth do it. And that, that it, 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 we're embodied people. And so in his embodied souls or soul bodies as people, as whole people created in God's image, we want to rise up as loud as we can and say these things. That's why praising and singing the word is so important with the song. And then third, pray. You speak these truths to God as prayers he's promised to answer. Because whatever you ask in my name, Jesus promises he'll do. And so you would do it something like this using Exodus fourteen fourteen. Your consideration would be the Lord fights for me. The Lord fights for me. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord has fought through the cross and resurrection and uh, through his Holy Spirit. He's fought for my uh, purity. He's fought for my dignity. He's fought for... All of the things that uh, I'm privileged to call my own that are as a recipient of his grace. And then second, your soliloquy. If God be for me, if he fights for me, why would I be afraid? That even in my weakness, I can be fully dependent upon him and I can be content in my weakness because the power of Christ can rest on me. And third, you say, Lord, would you fight for me? And I think for the beginner of this, it's awful hard to take something from a historical narrative uh, for someone who's beginning to do this. But I've, I've given you one way, and that's read through Exodus 14, for instance, today, and find one passage. It may be the Lord will fight for you 
the Lord fights for us. And it might be that theme you begin to uh, work out or to understand and apply. It might be where Moses hears God's um, a name that he requests to hear in Exodus 34. Um, and he bows his head in worship. And this captures your attention. Um, focus on that. Ask for that kind of response to God's name as a blasphemer, as someone who's typically saying, oh, my God, all the time without any kind of reflection. <laughs> Go to the Lord and say, let me bow before your name uh, in, in a holy kind of reverence and awe and love, because I don't do that, Lord. Make it a prayer. The prayers of Paul are a good place to start because they're just that. They're prayers for your love to abound more and more with spiritual wisdom and discernment that you may know the hope to which you've been called, the glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably great power for those who believe that you might know the height and the width and the breadth and the length of God's love for you in Christ, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God to him who is able to do above and beyond whatever you ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us. All those are prayers you can get started with in praying God's word. Of course, the Psalms are all prayers of God's word and show us how the, the psalmist often considers, as I've pointed out, how he uh, has a soliloquy or speaking aloud truths to himself that remind him of, of the truths of God and three, how, he, how they're prayers in content and form. So those are ways that we can learn to better appreciate what we have in God's word and then to take that extra step of saying, I'm, as I'm reading through God's word and meditating and reflecting, as I'm speaking them aloud, I'm also going to pray these things for myself. I'm going to pray them for others. And we'd remember what Paul says as I close here um, in Ephesians 618, where he says, praying continually um, in the spirit um, that you would keep alert to this end. Uh, keeping alert with all perseverance, praying for yourself and for all the saints. That's very helpful. And I'm just reminded of what our Puritan forefathers um, so helpfully emphasized to us as they thought about, especially the private worship of the Christian. You know, one of the things that's come down through the broader evangelical tradition to us today is that this idea that we should every day have, you know, time in the Bible and time in prayer, which is, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. But one of the pieces that has dropped out over the years for so many Christians is what the Puritans saw as really key, which is that you, you read the scriptures, you meditate on the scriptures, and, and then that leads to prayer. And they would often speak of, of yes. scripture reading and scripture meditation as the parents of prayer. Yes. And that's often the step that I think we get tripped up on. We, we, we read our chapter and we go, okay, um, maybe there was something helpful. Maybe you're not quite understanding, but now I'm supposed to jump to this prayer and I'm supposed to, mm -hmm. and, and, and we're, and we're not feeling it and we're not seeing how mm -hmm. to get from mm -hmm. point A to point, point B. And, and, and I think that the, the, the steps you gave us are very helpful to slow us down and say, okay, I've read this passage now consideration, you know, wh what is going on here? What are the truths? What are the promises? Yes. Is there a prayer here that I could make my own? And then that soliloquy to speak it to ourselves and, and go into that, that act of praying, before God and uh, just to, to, to maybe if we're really beginning at this, you know, go to some of the prayers of Paul, go to mm -hmm. the Psalms where you've mm -hmm. got these uh, this already done for you in a sense, and you can just retrace those steps. Uh, and then as you build up a little bit of um, familiarity and comfort with that, just take it into your normal Bible reading mm -hmm. and, and look for those things that you can that you can grab hold of. Um, I'm from Kansas, and so we do a lot of pheasant hunting out there. And if you've ever gone pheasant hunting, the way that it works is you 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 walk the fields, and when you look out at a field, uh, you won't see any birds at all. 
But as you walk the field, you'll, 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 you're trying to startle the birds so that they, they jump up and, mm. and fly in the air. And then you focus in on that and, and take your shot. And, uh, that's how I think about, about praying through the scriptures and, and doing my devotions is I'm just getting up and walking the fields and, yes. and you're looking for something to jump out. You're looking for that promise. You're looking for that prayer. You're looking for some, um, communication of truth and insight into yourself, insight into God. And then you grab hold of that. You focus in on that. You meditate on it. And that will lead you into prayer and into transformation of your life. Yes. Yes. And, and if I may say something very briefly here at the end is I, one of the things I've learned from another minister many years ago was that you don't want to leave that time of meditation and prayer until you feel it, mm. that, that you feel that joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And it uh, will often happen. Um, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it, it is something where you know that you haven't just uh, thought through the truths, but that you truly believe it and are feeling it. And, and of course, our faith must lead, but our feelings, we're also feeling-oriented people. That's who we are as image bearers, and our feelings can and often will follow by the Holy Spirit's help. Mm, very true. Well, if you'd like to learn more, you can find resources about this and many other topics on our church website www.katoctin.org that's www.k-e-t-o-c-t-i-n if you found this episode to be useful then we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and as always we encourage you to join us for our next episode of the shepherd's voice